fascinating, interesting debate show is live in the huddle. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls from around the world, welcome back to another episode of In the Huddle EP 252. What it do live from the NYC, myself and the crew. We ready to do what it do. Y'all know what we do. Y'all know how we rock here on this very mic. Okay, man. Memorial Day. I cannot forget about the holiday that is today. So salute to all the troops that served this country and all the people that continues to um, see this country grow and go and, and all the little things, the little nuances that help us continue to thrive, even though, you know, we still trying to get through all the stuff that we trying to get through. You know, that life always throws at us, but I definitely cannot start off the show without, you know, giving my props to those who serve, you know, and as much as we can complain about a lot of stuff and we have a right to complain about a lot of stuff here in this country, we could be here all day, but I always do have to pay my respects as well, especially for those real people that do what they do for the betterment of everybody else and no ulterior motive. So salute. To everybody, I hope everybody's doing good. I know I am. I mean, it feels like do the right thing outside. And tomorrow, it's going to feel like do the right thing part two outside because it's going to be even hotter than today. But I'm all good. I got my cup of water. I'm about to send it over to my co-host. All right, I know he's in paradise. The brother looks like he just came from the sun. Zay, how you doing, bro? Hey, man, you see what you see this light, man. It's like just glimmering through the, through the window. I can't even stop it. They, they can't stop my shot, man. And they ain't going to stop ever. Uh, you know, I'm in paradise always. You know, it was a spectacular weekend for sports. You know, I think everybody got a joy and every, all the results that happened. Uh, I do want to give a quick um, a quick message, you know, to the people that went to the Barclays Center and sort of Javante Davis fight. Uh, my cousin, you know, he works the arenas in there, and he, he's the one that moves, shifts around the building for the events and he's the one that like takes part like the uh, uh, court or the boxing ring in a sense and um there was about he said he recorded about seven to eight fights he saw happen within the Barclays Center between the crowds um and around the arena um they actually broke the escalator in the Barclays Center so you know we got we got to do better you know um we have to do better as a, as a society to to make sure that when we're going to these events and not get too belligerent and just and put anyone in harm's way you know we're already going through a crazy time where we have to essentially turn our backs every other second to make sure no one's trying to scheme on us and hurt us in a sense. So, you know, I just want to say it's okay to enjoy the fight. It's okay to get drunk and watch and enjoy it, but it's not a right to be putting people in harm's way. So, you know, I hope everyone was all right. Hope there was no injuries um, reported. Um, and, you know, hopefully we could move on from that particular instant. But happy Memorial Day to everybody. Um, we was about to have an amazing show, uh, and I hope everyone enjoys it. Yes, sir. And yeah, I mean, they was wilding at the Barclay Center for sure. And I don't like when Brooklyn get a bad rap like that, but they was really wilding. I saw it a few times during the actual main event. Okay, when the main event was actually going on, that there was a lot of things going on in the crowd and, you know, so much going on. And I can only follow it up agreeing with Zay that we definitely got to do better. Without further ado... It's time to get into the show because I'm feeling a little sporty today, not political. So let's go to the sports side of things here. And we might as well start it off because last night, Sunday night, I was chilling on my sofa, feet cocked up, digging in the scene with the games to lean, pina colada. Okay. And I was watching the Boston Celtics and the Miami Heat going back and forth. Wow. It was a game. Okay. And I was sitting down. Boston had about 11 point lead. One minute left to go in the game. And I'm watching 
Miami, chip away and chip away. And I'm saying to myself, wait, hold up. I know Miami is not about to come back and win this game like that. I just know my eyes is betraying me because that's not about to happen. And sure enough, Jimmy Butler had the, the ball in his hands down two. Opted not to drop against Big Island transition, but instead launched a three-pointer to um, try to win the game with 16 seconds left that bounced off the rim, securing the victory for the Boston Celtics to advance to the NBA Finals. Do we like Jimmy Butler going for the win? And Zay, let's get it in. I think, uh, in my opinion, I do like him going for the win. Uh, I think it was it was important that we have to understand Jimmy Butler played every minute of the game last night. This man played 48 minutes the entirety of the game and almost carried his team to a victory, almost carried his team to the NBA Finals once again, which is crazy to think about. And I understand people, including myself, when I saw it live happen, I was like, you got to pass up a good shot for a great shot. But Jimmy Butler was extremely tired. That shot was a momentous shot dribbling up the court, taking that pull-up jumper three. Now, I understand that if he had fresh legs, if he was at, like – um, fully fresh, ready to go, that play would have been different. He probably would have drove to the rim, probably went more for a contact layup to tie the game. He was extremely exhausted. His team has not provided the support he's needed this entire series, but arguably the last two series. It's been the Jimmy Butler show, and we've seen it throughout the series when he was out and he wasn't playing good. The rest of the team was not playing good. Um, Gabe Vincent and um, Max Struess, after like the first three games, they disappeared and the rest of the series couldn't make a three-point shot. Gabe Vincent only played 15 minutes this game, which is um, upsetting because Kyle Lowry played a bulk of the minutes, and he wasn't playing that well either until down the stretch. You look at Bam Adebayo, who finally had a 25-point, 11-rebound game, but the rest of the series, he wasn't doing that. He was probably having six, seven-point games uh, with four or five rebounds. He needs to be more aggressive for Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler, in his entire stint with the Miami Heat, has not had a second guy on this team to help really push the momentum, push the flow, um, be able to score. It's always been Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler needs to do this. Jimmy Butler needs to do that. And he's, it's, he, his body's breaking down little by little. And we saw that in that last shot in that fourth quarter. And, um, you know, I, I do like the shot. Um, you know, of course, like I said, if you have fresh legs and you're, you're playing with at least some momentum, you, go, you could say pass up the good shot for a great shot. That's what I thought last night. But after reviewing it, today and after seeing it it's like it's not that bad of a shot we don't understand it especially with Al Holford slacking back on the court he wasn't like up in his grill with a hand in his face it was, he was actually it was actually a good look it just didn't go in unfortunately which cost them that victory now if they had some type of support I'm pretty sure Jimmy Butler would have passed the ball would have been more comfortable getting his teammates involved but at that particular time his teammates were not doing anything to, to think that he, they would be able to help him win this game and he took the shot upon himself and, you know, I, I think it was a good shot. Zay, 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 Zay. I need a new chair, bro. Because this chair right here got me sitting up like the Statue of Liberty. I'm over here like like Rosa Parks up in his mug. You know what I'm saying? I need a chair where I can sit back and just talk my piece. Damn it. I, I need to get a new chair. I'm going to get a new chair guaranteed in the next couple shows. I definitely will have a new chair, bro. But anyway, let me get back to the point here. I would say, in hindsight... I probably would have went for the two because when you look at Al Horford, who was actually backpedaling, mm -hmm. you know, on the play, there was an open lane for him to really attack the basket and get an and one potentially mm -hmm. because when I watched the game in its entirety throughout the series, but in this game seven in the last two games in particular, the referees were calling the game 
one-sided in my personal opinion and the way how they was calling the game for Miami and the way how they was not calling the game for the Boston Celtics I probably would have got an N1 because a few possessions earlier Jimmy Butler attacked Al Horford on the play where he used his arm to create separation to be able to take it to the ball hawk and there was no call but in game six Tatum did that same thing using a forearm to create separation, and he got called. So because they were calling the game one-sided, I'm not here to get into conspiracy theories. I saw what I saw, and you saw it too. I would have literally went for the tie and with potentially being able to win the game at the free throw line. You know, it's not a terrible shot because it's Jimmy Butler, so I'm not going to go and say, oh my gosh, what is this cat doing? He had his way in the paint throughout this whole entire series, and in this game in particular. I mean, think about the first half where it looked like Boston came out, you know, pushed him out early and was going to run away with the game seven from the start. But slowly but surely, Miami, off the backs of Jimmy Butler and a little bit of Bam, was able to get to the free throw line and attack the paint. It was just Butler going to the free throw line and just nitpicking at that lead. It wasn't, okay, there's a money ball like me playing the three-point competition where we could get a four-point play or a five-point play and ease that score and break it down to we tied the game. No, it was grinded out, you know, get to the free throw line and let's attack, 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 and they had no answer. Jimmy mm -hmm. Butler was having his way not only in this game but in this whole entire series, and that's why when you got a guy like Big Al that was backpedaling, I would have took it to the ball hall and try to get and tie the game and potentially get a three-point play out of it or worst-case scenario, go to overtime. But that's what happens when you play a guy like Jimmy Butler every second of the game. And I'm not blaming the coach for that. Don't get me wrong. I'm not blaming the coach for that because it's game seven. Nothing matters if you don't win this game. But that's why you have to come out early and not be behind the eight ball because you can get your guy some rest and now he's not like, I'm trying to go home. I'm not trying to play an extra quarter. That's basically what that shot looked like to me. It was like, listen, I'm trying to go home. Okay, I'm trying mm -hmm. to win the game and go home. And that's it and get up out of here. That proved to be the wrong decision because guess what? They're going home. It was upsetting that uh, when I first watched the game happen, that it happened in that nature because they came back and it looked like they had a, a chance to have a last possession to really get that, that lead, that tie or the lead. And I think... Like you said, it, it, it did seem like I want to get out of here kind of thing. He played 48 minutes. And it's not like you're playing 48 minutes against a bad team. You're playing 48 minutes for the last game of your season and against the Boston Celtics who have a multitude of offensive weapons that you have to be attentive a on defense for the full game. They were coming back from a deficit, and you, they were playing catch-up the entirety of the game. So that fourth quarter stretch was really important. It's just unfortunate that that shot did not go in because it was a good look. It, However, had his hands down. He was backpedaling. It, it was a good look. It just did not go in, unfortunately. But you have to look at, you have to give kudos to Jimmy Butler for him keeping his team in that, that span of being able to come back and to get to that point. Because if Jimmy Butler didn't have the game that he had, they could have been losing. They could have lost by 20 points. Damn near. That shot right there is like, listen, I'm trying to steal this one. I'm going for house money. And it's like, playing the who wants to be a millionaire game, right? Where you have $50,000 guaranteed and you're like, damn it, I want to go for that million or $75,000 guaranteed, right? You want it, you take it, you out, you bounce, you go and live to see another day you got the bread or you play for that million and lose 25000 out of that or go home with no money at all. 
And that's like, I'm trying to steal that. I'm trying to be a little bit gritty in that instance. And that's what happened here. It's like, listen, yo, I'm going for that $1 million right there. I'm trying to go and I'm trying to win and, and get this team to the finals. But we also can get to the finals still if I attack the paint area. And we guarantee to at least put up some points on the board, I would assume, even though anything could have happened, he could have lost the ball. You know, the little nuances about, you know, what could or what if, this, that, and the third. But we all pretty much expected the way how he was attacking the paint and having his way that if he, on a backpedaling, Al Horford took it to the basket, he would have ended up with some points and potentially points that could have tied or won the game. And, hey, who's mad at missing a three when you can get a three? You know, a three-point play possibly. So my overall last final words on this game as a whole was when you look at Marcus Smart, you got the full Marcus Smart, you know, um, game. And, you know, the way how Marcus Smart plays, the good and the bad. I mean, you talk about him taking the last five shot attempts when Miami went on that run and missed all five, right? But then again, at the end, he makes clutch free throws. And that's what you're kind of going to get from Marcus Smart. That's just who he is. Is a guy that's going to make a few boneheaded plays and probably put you in positions to lose the game, but also to counter that, put you in positions to win the game. And I can look at a couple plays where Marcus Smart was the hero mm -hmm. and where Marcus Smart lost in the game. So that's just the overall Marcus Smart that you're going to get. It was full evident in this game. And that's a microcosm of what Celtics you're going to get. A team that never makes it easy for themselves. A mm -hmm. team where they could have handled B.I. in game six and avoided this situation where Jimmy Butler could potentially hit a three to win the game after going on an 11-0 run with um, a minute left. Okay, they always make it hard for themselves, but you know what? They edge it out and they won and they go into the finals. And Zay, just like your keys to the to the series, who could win the most road games that proven to be the Boston Celtics? Three out of four. Ladies and gentlemen, I know y'all not getting tired of watching in the huddle over and over again. So like and subscribe to the channel and receive these new notifications of new uploaded content that will be coming your way. Ladies and gentlemen, enjoy the rest of your day. I'm out. Peace.